All right, good evening, folks, and welcome into another episode of America's Hometown Horror. My name is Mike. I am your host, as always. And we got a little bit of a reduced crew here tonight, as I'm joined by my buddy, Matt. What's up, bud? What up, dude? Uh, Not too much. Just excited to talk about this movie here tonight. But before we do so, let me get a couple of housekeeping things out of the way. Uh, First and foremost, if you're interested in following us online, you can find us on our website at apod.com. You can find out uh, more about the show, read our blog, and listen to the show directly on ahhpod.com. And you can also follow us on social media, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search for America's Hometown Horror and we'll pop right up there. And you can also email us at hometownhorrorpodcast at gmail.com if you feel so inclined. And then also we have two sponsors tonight, as always. First of which is Horror Facts Magazine. Find them at horrorfacts.com. Great resource for news, editorials, reviews, and horror podcasts, including ours. Last but certainly not least, we're also an affiliate of Fangoria, the first name in fright since 1979. Head on over to Fangoria's shop at shop.fangoria.com slash hometownhorrorpod, or you can use the code hometownhorrorpod at checkout for an exclusive 20% discount on any first-time magazine subscriptions and any Fangoria merchandise. So head on over and treat yourself to some sweet threads from our friends over at Fangoria. Yeah, so we're back for another episode of Found Footage February, (laughs) which uh, I gotta say, it's gonna be... uh, I don't really know that, that I'm going to be able to uh, have an experience like we did watching this movie with any of the other movies that we cover this month. Um, and of course, we're talking about the Outwaters here, which, um, you know, if you're a if you're a hardcore horror fan, this has probably popped up on your radar. I know, Matt, um, you and Andrew have kind of first made me aware about this movie when you guys uh, went to go see Terrifier 2 in theaters and the trailer played before that movie, which kind of, you know, created a, a storm of... Uh, anticipation and hype for this movie yeah um the trailer that we saw was like very specific like that was like a trailer i couldn't find anywhere else um it was like only for that um bloody disgusting terrifier 2 showing and it was pretty it was pretty minimalistic you didn't really get a lot from it um i think i've talked about it before it's like you hear kind of them in the tent and when all the bees are flying around and stuff and it was just like like reviews from film festival circuits um, just kind of peppering the screen here and there. They were pretty, pretty substantial um, reviews and made it look really intense. So uh, you got some really loud, incredible like music and sounds that came with the trailer as well. It, it became very overwhelming very quickly, and then it ended. So it was one of those things. I was mm. like, "Ooh, okay, like that looks interesting." Yeah. So what is this? Out. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So uh, and then you know I know we we talked about this on the episode we did on Rec uh, last week, but. Um, Matt and I were fortunate enough to be able to and to attend uh, an advanced screening of this movie up in Salem, Mass, which is uh, you know about <laughs> depending on traffic, an hour plus away from us uh, down on the south shore of Massachusetts. So we made the trek up there uh, last Thursday, which is February second. So we got to see the Outwaters a full week in advance. Um, as of this recording, it's not out until this coming Thursday, which would be the ninth. And uh, I'm sure, you know, we're, we're, we're probably going to recommend that you go see this in theaters if you can. Um, yeah, it's still going to be fairly limited of that. Yeah, yeah. If you, So I, my suggestion, and we'll get more into this in a second here, um, if, if you can find a showing of The Outwaters, <laughs> if you're a horror fan, I'd recommend that you go check it out. Um, 
but uh, just to, I don't, I don't want to bury uh, kind of glaze past this, I should say. But um, what a cool experience being able to head up to an advanced, like the first advanced screening that we've ever been to as part of this show. We've never done one of those before. So being able to see a movie before it actually comes out yeah, the uh, was, was a pretty cool, out. pretty cool opportunity. Yeah. It, I mean, the place was packed. I was going to say, what did you think of the experience up there? <clears throat> I thought it was a lot of fun. It was a cool theater. Um, and it was just like it felt very exclusive. Like it was not yeah. big. By any means, I I would say that probably held what seventy five people, maybe less. Probably probably in uh, around that area, sold out um, for sure. Yeah, and like it was like a stage, like a theater stage, and um, they and I was I was intis- I was kind of like because we had all those like kind of screwball trailers that they played, which I yeah. loved that they were. It was yeah, like was I fun. felt like I was watching a Grindhouse release, and yeah. um, I was like, oh, I hope the sound isn't this like bad the whole time. Um, but the, when the when the sound really kicked on for the movie, I mean, it was immersifying. You were you were sucked into all of it. So it was it oh, was yeah. a very cool uh, one of one of the most enjoyable and fun uh, theatrical experience. Yeah, it, and I just think it was cool to be clearly everybody that was there was you know a hardcore seasoned horror fan with you know pretty high expectations of this movie mm-hmm. and obviously Salem, you know, huge destination <clears throat> um, around Halloween time. I love going. It's a great experience. So if you can get up there at any point in time, I'd recommend going, but if there's, you know, because they, they do play some, uh, you know, some hard to get horror movies up at this theater up and it's called cinema Salem. Um, and actually, so before the movie started, it was, um, you know, this whole, this whole thing was put on by Salem horror fest, which is a huge horror festival that they have every year up in Salem. Um, one of the biggest in the Northeast, if not the biggest horror festival. Um, and the whole movie was kind of introduced and kicked off by the director of uh, Salem Horror Fest, uh, Kay Lynch, who's also the creative director of the theater. Um, so that was pretty cool. We got a little introduction to the movie. And then before that, or excuse me, after that, we got a live performance uh, by a musician named Tim Erickson, who made the music for the film. And he played one of his songs before the movie kicked off, which was just an extra cool little thing that... Yeah. You that know, cool most most people won't get. Yeah, it was cool. It was um, it, it was like very, very like very like T Bone Burnett season one of True Detective uh, yeah. sounding was the vibe that I got from it. Um, but yeah, it was cool. It was just like a little little cherry on top of the Sunday that made the experience that much cooler. You know, I mean, it was just I have never been to anything like that before, so I was just kind of blown away at how cool it was, and it was uh, yeah, there were a lot of people there, and again, it was just a it was a fun environment to be in because it was sold out. It was packed. And I know I, unfortunately, you know, because of the birth of my daughter, I had to miss the uh, the Terrifier 2 theater experience. And, you know, it sounded like it was pretty cool. And I was uh, jealous that you guys got to go and I didn't. But I'm happy that uh, that we got to go. And I wish Kat and Andrew could have come with us. Yeah. Because I would have loved to have heard their opinions on this movie. Um, I think Andrew would have loved it. And I'm not quite sure how Kat would have felt about it. I don't it. think Kat would have <laughs> liked it. Because I think yeah. she would have been like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. I mean, which honestly... I, I would never begrudge anybody for having that uh, that thought about this movie because I don't think uh, I don't think Robbie Banfitch, the director, makes things very easy to understand. But I'm no. not saying that as a negative component to the film. I think it's just uh, you are shown very little. Uh, a lot is implied and happens off screen. So I mean, fuck it. Let's just bury the lead here. Let's get right into the outwaters here. Um, because yeah, we're not going to do any news or our watch list stuff. We're gonna we're gonna record another episode that's going to come out next week. Uh, we'll talk with Andrew and Kat about those things, including more on uh, The Last of Us, which uh, episode four, of The Last of Us, dropped last night. Haven't seen it yet, but I will get to it. Um, we all did watch Skinnamarink, 
And I think that we have um, some pretty strong opinions on that movie, which uh, certainly seems like is the, uh, you know, the cons- the consensus out there is that you either love this or you hate it. And I think there's probably uh, a lot, you know, some of that between the four of us for Skinnamarink. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, the Outwaters. I mean, I guess we'll go spoiler free at first here. Um, Cause obviously we're, this, this episode's going to be out before the movie drops or maybe I'll drop it on Thursday when the movie's actually out. Um, I don't know. We'll figure it out. But basically, if you have not heard of the Outwaters, um, this is the, the basic plot for this movie is that there are three memory cards that are found in the Mojave Desert. Uh, they contain the last few days of an L.A. filmmaker named Robbie who's recruited into recording a music video in the desert with a small crew. And when they start recording, strange stuff starts happening all around them. Sonic booms throughout the night, weird sounds radiating from the earth, ground vibrating, and Basically, everything quickly escalates into what can only be described as a journey into hell. Um, if, you know, ag- again, go into this movie no- knowing no more than that. Um, and I think that you'll be entertained, <laughs> disturbed, <laughs> intrigued, all of the above. Um, yeah, as we mentioned, this was uh, the first trailer for this kind of dropped uh, in, in over 800 theaters before Terrifier 2, which is where this first popped onto our radar. Um, Matt. Do you want to give your opinion on this movie first? Or you want me to go first? Uh, I'll go first. <clears throat> go um, for it. So I think I had a lot at stake going to see this because of how much I anticipated it. Um, it's kind of the same way I felt about Skin of a Ring, but I think this one I had a lot more uh, satisfaction. Um, I I liked the idea and the setup, and I liked the memory card thing because it also gave you like the acts like you have act one act act three where you know okay and like the first part of the movie is generally just set up it's a lot of them kind of like partying and doing their music stuff and like that like you know it's just kind of the the basis for the film and then you get into the second card and that's where you're kind of setting all of the landscape you're they get to the desert and now you know they're experimenting and you can they the vibe is way at that point like from the first card to the second one it's not as lighthearted anymore it's not as fun everything's a little strange um and disorienting and uncomfortable and then you get to the third card where it really just is fucking metal like it goes all out. yeah it's a slow burn until it isn't yeah i mean like it probably takes a good half hour 35 40 minutes maybe even until you really start getting into anything horror um yep. But once it starts, it just doesn't stop. It 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 puts a cinder block on the gas pedal at that point. And um, it has the cool thing about it is is like there's incredibly strange imagery. And the thing that I had to remind myself, and I that I think I more so reminded myself days removed, is that it's ca- all of that imagery tech is caught on the camera. And like so that's why I'm like wow, like what the fuck was like what was happening? So it. Yeah. it I think as I kind of pulled myself away from the movie, I thought about it more and it was much more of an impressive and just bizarrely horrific nightmare of a movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I, I think I called it uh, a belligerent nightmare on Twitter, mm. on Twitter a belligerent yeah. cosmic nightmare. Yeah. It's a very good way of describing it. And I know we, we, so we were talking obviously before we saw it and you know, this is a lot of people have described this as the Blair witch meets event horizon. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's a pretty good. It's an over oversim, oversimplification 
but it's a it's a good starting point if you want an idea of the type of experience that you're into, specifically yeah. certain parts of Event Horizon. Yeah, like not yeah. being able to really see what's happening, <laughs> but you know it's not good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's certainly horrific, and yeah, I mean, I, I like I said earlier, I, I know we're we're doing spoiler free here, but I. I hesitate to even say this is the type of movie that can be spoiled. Um, yeah. There is a plot. You, there's a lot of uh, quite an ending too. Yeah, quite an ending. Uh, I, um, I want to hold off on that as long as possible. Yeah, yeah. A lot, of, a lot of shit happens. Um, not all of it makes sense, but I think this movie is less about you know straightforward plot progression and more about descending into, com into complete madness. And you know, you mentioned the cosmic elements of this movie. I mean, this is Lovecraftian cosmic horror to a T um, right up my, right up my alley. It was yeah. wild. And I I one of the most some elbow nudges, <laughs> it, it, there were definitely a couple times when I was like, well, yep, there we go. This has now become a Mike movie. If you uh, listen to the show, you might have an idea of what you're in for there. Um, uh, but I, I think the most overused term in, you know, film criticism is that a movie is like a fever dream. And I would say that anyone that's called a movie a fever dream before this hasn't really experienced a fever dream because this movie's a fucking fever dream. This is just yeah. insanity, balls to the wall, craziness. And, you know, when that setup in the first 40 minutes, you know, kind of pays off and I, I feel like the horrors start to catch you off guard a little bit because it just goes from zero to 100 real, real quick. And then when it, you know, when that happens, it becomes one of the most disorienting. That's a, that's a, the most, the word that I've come back to the most. It's just a, a disorienting experience. Yeah. Um, confusing. You're, borderline you're kind of like turning your yeah. head, trying to like see like, what's going what the on. Fuck? Yeah. Disturbing. And I, I thought, and you know, in Matt, you, you mentioned the, the part about everything taking place across three memory cards. Um, I thought that this movie used the found footage element of it. Uh, very, very well to its advantage. I know that there's probably a lot of people that might not agree with me on that um, because the camera work is so shaky and it's like it's so dark. If you're if you're afraid of the dark, this movie is probably going to be a nightmare for you because it's so dark. There are several shots where you're seeing literally like a pinpoint of light. Yeah, you know, that from from the camera's flashlight, you know. So part of that gets a little bit frustrating. But it adds yeah. to the element of like anticipation and tension um, because then you keep just getting spit back into like the daylight. So it just you kind of keep going over it like there's like layers to like what ends up happening. But those those there's there's points in it when you're in the dark where you're like, what the fuck am I even looking at? And like the right. camera's kind of on the ground for a little while at one point, and you and that's kind of like you just hear everything like you hear a lot going on and you're trying to figure it out. But those, those points where it's only lit by that really small flashlight beam end up being some of the scariest parts of the movie because you have no idea what that's going to pick up at any given point And it picks up some pretty crazy shit. So, yeah. And I, I just, I mean, obviously a, a, a great film and a great filmmaker leaves you wanting more. And the stuff that you didn't see on screen in this, I feel like left me wanting more. I wanted I wanted to see more of what was happening, but obviously you don't. And um, a lot of that is intentional by the director, you know, according to some of the stuff that I've heard that he said in interviews. And I think also, you know, budgetary restraints probably kept some of these things off screen. But I mean, um, one of the goriest movies that I've seen um, in a different type of way, because you could say, obviously, that Terrifier 2 is probably one of the goriest movies you'll ever see, but that's in like a slapsticky, 
you know, slasher movie kind of way. Yeah, this is much more And this is body. much more disturbing. Yeah, bodily so, horror. Oh, yeah. H- huge elements of body horror. So, like, yeah, it's... Kind of dips its toes a, lot. a little bit of everything. Yeah, it's it's a lot. There's a lot going on with this movie. It's a lot to dissect and a lot to digest. And I mean, I feel like even so we're now, what, four days removed from seeing this. And I feel like my head is still spinning to a certain extent because it's just there's so much to digest about it. Um, and I just think this is this is definitely a movie that's going to polarize people. Um, I, I feel like this this movie and Skin and Marink are going to come up a lot in conversation and in comparison to one another because they were both came out at the beginning of the year around the same time. They're both kind of similar in a sense that they you know are minimalist minimal. films yeah yeah so i think that those those two are going to be tied together i think this is leaps and bounds better than skin of rink um which obviously again we'll get more into that when we have cat and andrew on um but i would say you know there's not a lot of hand holding in this movie you're not going to know what's you're not going to get an explanation for everything um and if it were up to me you know just embrace the experience absolutely fucking see this in a movie theater if you can like i said if you can find a screening of this movie see it in theaters um the scariest part about this whole movie i thought was the sound and the way sound was used to and i feel like just the 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 speaker system at the movie theater we saw it at just fucking rocked and it was there was like you were talking about like the thunder you and I yeah. were talking about that the other day. It happens in this movie, and it's just like there's so many creepy sounding things, and you don't see a whole hell of a lot. The thing about most the thunder, times, but the sound is scary. The thing about the thunder for me was how it's very rhythmic and it's very like mechanical. Like it's like you know what I mean. It's like not it's mm. it's it's not very like different. Like it just it's like one noise at just it come, it keeps happening. So I remember getting into bed and. The TV had shut off, so I didn't, and I couldn't find the remote. I didn't bother putting it on, and I was laying down in the dark, and I was just like, closed my eyes, and I opened them for a second, and I was like, man, how scared would I be if I heard some sort of rumbling thunder or boom right now? Yeah. I was like, that would really, that would send a shiver down my spine. That's the first time that's happened to me in a long time, where I've, you know, gotten yeah. into bed at night and like been in the dark and kind of almost freaked myself out a little bit yeah yeah and i we i know we also talked about this too but yes sleep sleep did not come very easily that night I, we had a long ride home from salem and i was listening to <laughs> some disturbing true crime podcast about child abductions <laughs> so between like that and the movie like i was just like fucking my mind was in a weird place when i got home and i put my head in the pillow so i was just like oh god yeah sleep sleep did not come easy that night but that's that's okay and i feel like that is a testament to how well this movie works um yeah, so I guess um, I know we don't usually rate movies on a scale. Um, I gave this, I logged this on Letterbox the other day because I'm a white guy that has a podcast. So yes, of course I have a Letterboxd account, <laughs> and uh, I gave this, I gave this four out of five stars. And I think this probably has the potential to maybe even go higher than that. I want to see it again when it comes to Screenbox. Um, yeah, obviously, and this is soon. coming to Screenbox. Yep, pretty soon. Um, so Matt, I guess what, what, what did you did you uh. Did you? What would you give this for a five out of five stars? I'd be up there, close to, if not a three and a half, a four. I think uh, yeah. I'll have a better, more fair rating. I think it's going to be one of those movies that when you go back and watch it, it's it's going to be a little bit better because you know what's happening, or at least you have yeah. an idea of what's going to happen somewhat in some term. But like, I think I'll have more opportunity to kind of look in different directions. Because I think it's something that like things might be right. hiding in plain sight that you don't know to look for, um, yeah. Until after, so 
and I have a good setup where I'm at to like, to, like if you if you are on, I, I was trying to find if it was playing in any theaters anywhere around here, but I can't really find any that are very close. Um, I imagine okay. it'll be still in Salem and maybe in Boston. But uh, anyone that wants to like go see it, definitely like try to seek it out if you can make the time to go see it in theaters and make a road trip out of it. I would recommend it; it's worth it. But um, if Absolutely. not, if you uh, if you got a nice big TV and you can really make it dark in there and turn the volume up, that works too. Yeah, if you have a good home theater system or like a sound bar, crank that shit up. Crank the yeah. turn the bass up and and just blow the blow the walls off your house. Mm-hmm. It'll help the experience. Um, okay, so I guess um, I know obviously it's still early in the year. I mean, the only other movie I've seen for a new big 2023 release that I could even compare this to is Skin of Marink, and I think as I already mentioned, this is better than Skin of Marink. Matt, I know you saw Infinity Pool. Uh, would yeah. you did you like this movie more or less than Infinity Pool? Um, it's hard to say because they're extremely different movies. Um, Infinity Pool is not nearly as scary, but it's much more interesting, um, mm-hmm. plot wise, in my in my opinion. Um, it's it's really hard to compare the two, but I mean they're they're gonna be right up there. Like they, I I enjoyed both of. Them. Okay. Yeah, they're just they're so dead. It's hard to with the like small amount of things that have come out this year that I've seen. It's really hard to try and narrow them down so quickly. Okay. All right. Fair enough. All right. Cool. So I think that's probably all we can do. Um, unless you have anything else you want to add, spoiler free. No, I think. That's- all right. Cool. Why don't we pause real quick for a ninety second word from our sponsors? We'll be right back. It's official. The critics' decision is in. Spooky World is spooktacular. Enter the new black hole. If you dare. Or the new horror house of wax. This year, don't miss the real Jason, Bobby Pickett, or Alice Cooper. Phone the 24-hour Spooky World hotline. 508-838-0200. That's 508-838-0200. Spooky World is just west of Boston. And haunts every night from October 1st till November 1st. If you had the nerve, you'd phone 508-838-0200. It's American's Horror Theme Park. Spooky World. Be scared. I'm the super sweet monster with the super sweet new cereal, Count Chocula. Bethel, here's the super sweet new cereal, Frankenberry. But I've got chocolate sweeties for monstrous chocolate flavor. Well, I've got berry flavored sweeties for monstrous strawberry flavor. Count Chocula. Frankenberry. Hi. <laughs> Frankenberry. Count Chocula. The new face of evil is going to scare you to death. Barrett's Haunted Mansion, it's a killer this year. Then be next door to the Abington Airlines. Barrett's Haunted Mansion. Eat, drink, and be scary. Go to bhmansion.com. And we're back. Talking more of the Outwaters with you, listener. Uh, so again, yeah, spoiler talk now. So if you haven't seen the Outwaters, I guess, uh, you know, turn it off here and, and come back and, and listen after you've watched the movie. Um, but as I mentioned, I mean, I, I don't even really know that this is a movie that you can spoil. Um, I guess my main my main question, did you have any idea like what the fuck was going on most of the time with this? I no. just feel like it was so hard to understand. <laughs> there was a, I like, I had an idea. I knew that there was going to be some sort of hellish situation, some sort of. But then, it, like, I, it got me kind of in it. Once it really got going, I was like, maybe it's a an alien. 
And then it started yeah. to really look like an alien movie for a little bit. Yeah, with like the weird lights in the desert and all that. I was like I was the, picking up those vibes too. There's like those like they look like intestines like moving around on the ground. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I alluded to this earlier, but you know, <laughs> Mike likes worm movies, and uh, there were definitely <laughs> a bunch of uh, slithering tentacles in this, and implications of uh, cosmic intergalactic or you know otherworldly monsters. Um, there is at least one huge creature that uh, is you can definitely see a small piece of, and there's just a lot of uh, a lot of Im- implications about what that might be. And then uh, a tooth from said creature is used to uh, do something to oneself that is very and utterly disturbing. <laughs> yeah, it comes out of nowhere. Yeah, I want to wait, I I wait wild. before we get into that because yeah, yeah, we don't have to get yet. into that quite yet. It was just um, so yeah, I, I, we we were talking about like the thunder and the the sounds in the distance. It seemed you mentioned it seemed like ryth- like rhythmic, uh, mechanical, almost like something was being summoned, mm-hmm. right? You know, like that's the thing. characters start monster? to. It's yeah. gotta be a, uh, some sort of demon or alien or something, right? I would I would think so. I mean, I think there's that's... some sort of quantum quantum leap that's happening at some point. You see him go through this like tunnel like multiple times. And yeah. it's like, I thought he was going to be like reborn. I didn't know where the fuck it was going to go. Yeah, I didn't either. Um, but I, I mean, yeah, I guess if, if you're, if you're familiar with like Lovecraftian cosmic horror, it's, there's definitely something, something not necessarily extraterrestrial alien, but something alien was uh, afoot in the Mojave desert. You know, you start to see little things at first. We talked about the sounds that they hear in the distance. And then I thought one of the creepiest parts of the whole thing is when the set, the, uh, whoever was running the sound. I don't know if it was Robbie's brother or if it was Robbie himself, but when he stuck that microphone um, mm. down into the cave and you can just yeah. hear all those sounds down coming from the earth, that was fucking creepy. And it's like, even like the stuff that's like probably just in there for laughs and doesn't have anything to do with the plot. Like, I just thought the random five donkeys that just showed up, <laughs> like yeah, you're all of a sudden they those. just like look up, they're staring out. It was funny, but it was also like, okay, what the fuck are these donkeys yeah. doing here? Like, yeah, it's the middle of the desert, but it's weird. And... Yeah, I, I, I mean, it's just a wild, wild experience. Well, like, because you're like, pretty much, there's points of the movie that you're, you're almost watching him experience his own out of body. Right. It, like, it, it kind of like repeats like the main night where everything hits the fan like two or three times. Like, he yeah. keeps going back to these tents and like they're there, then they're not there, but then they're there again. And then it's like, it's before they even left the tent. So, but they're all covered yeah. in blood anyway. So it's like, it got a little confusing at those points. Um, but I think that was just part of like the torment that he's going through is like, it's just constantly him just being like, hello, like it's anyone. Can someone help me? Like, yeah. and just being st- like, you're just, I think that's why they say like, see what, you know, Robbie saw. Like, it's just like, this yeah. is like the, just the mania mania that he had to get, like endure and go through. And then it spits him out into the daytime. And yeah. he's like, when he was like pulling that, like, like I don't know what it was. It was some sort of like extra skin, like off his toes and stuff, like that like, oh, membrane. Yeah, yeah that yeah. was wild. Yeah, gross. But I mean, yeah, just I mean, the thought. I mean, the way that they shoot this. Obviously, the darkness plays a huge part. But then they do such a good job of just showing you the endless void and the expansiveness of the Mojave Desert. It's just wild. And then, like you mentioned, like so much of the second, like the last third of the movie is just. Robbie's character 
Um, well, so I don't know if we mentioned this or not, but so Robbie Banfitch, who wrote and directed the movie, also is the star of the movie. One of the one of the four main people in the movie. Essentially, it's just him running around pleading for help, and there's nobody that can help him, and it's just fucking so scary. That yeah. by itself is scary, and then you throw in all the imagery and the weird things that are happening. In addition to that, and it just kind of kicks it up to a whole different level of terror. Because you see, him, it's just an unsettling movie when he goes outside the like second i think it's the second night i don't think they make it to a third night and he goes out of the tent and you can see the silhouette of like a person standing up well he finds he earlier in the movie yes. when they first get to the desert he finds a pickaxe on the top of like a dune which is like what the yep. fuck it, like where did this come from and then you see somebody that second night because the first night all they hear is that weird thunder and noise and bees and you're like it's fucking dark out why are there bees I can't and, believe I have, uh, we haven't brought up the bees yet. I fucking hate bees. They terrify me. That yeah, was the bee stuff was creepy. But, um, <laughs> and like, even in the daytime, like that second day, they're like, what the fuck is with all these bees? And it's like, yeah. where, why are there bees? There's no flowers. There's no, there's nothing to be pollinated. They're in the desert. So, yeah, it's just very bizarre. And then they, uh, yeah, he sees that guy at night and then it goes yes. dark. And then that's when everything hits. Yeah. Which you wonder with the way that things kind of keep resetting and he keeps, you mentioned he keeps like waking up in the tent and everything kind of just resets to a point. Maybe he was seeing some sort of alternate version of himself. Yeah. Maybe. I think it's, I don't know. I think it's some sort of, they, I think they end, end up in some sort of black hole or something where he's yeah. reliving. And like, it's one of those alternate universes. He's not a good dude. And mm. you know what I mean? And it, it, he ends up attacking himself and then everyone else. And, at what point is the original Robbie the original? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we could get yep. to a point where that's not even the Robbie we start the story with. And I think yep. that that I think, is I think you're right. what happened. This I is think a new you are right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this is one of those movies that you got to kind of like really work through and like discuss and think about. But as you do, it becomes very, very interesting. And that's why I think going back and yeah. rewatching this, I'm going to really be stoked about it. Me too. And I, I think that's also what makes this interesting is that, you know, a lot of time we're reviewing a movie that's, you know, that is newly released, but we're not, we, we're not seeing it in advance of a screening. So there's like, you know, you can, you can look up like a recap of the plot and like refresh yourself on, on, on certain details. I couldn't find yeah. anything out there right now um, about, you know, describing the plot, even if we wanted to, to do that. Um, the only thing that's out there right now is just reviews that are very scarce on details. So it's like there's not a whole lot of analysis out there on what this movie is, you know, truly about or what truly may be happening. Now I'm sure we'll get that once more people start to see this in theaters, Absolutely. without a doubt. This is gonna be picked over and and you know, dissected by I think and just movie fans alike. Although I, I would say this is this is definitely not this movie is here to kick the shit out of you, and this is not a movie for the faint of heart. This is for your serious, hardcore yeah. horror fan. This and, isn't uh, a mainstream movie by any means. No, no. I mean, you're not... If you if you went to go see Megan in theaters, um, I don't think this is a movie for you. I mean, I'm not trying to discriminate against any particular type of horror fan, but this is a whole different level of experience that you probably haven't experienced. I probably haven't uh, seen anything like it before. So yeah. I think this this has a, it's been said a lot already by a lot of other people, but I mean this definitely has a chance to be a huge cult classic horror film, if not already. Like I said, it's like what I had said before about the Blair Witch Project and Event Horizon. Like that really is only like a base level kind of just okay. Like 
I guess I can understand like what you mean by that. Another thing I like to think about when I watch found footage movies is how this movie would play out if it had just been a regular movie. You know what I yeah. mean? Like not shot in first person or third, whatever it is. And uh, you just watch. Like I think it would be much more extreme, but not as like anxiously uh, suspenseful and thrilling. Yeah, I think so too. Like you'd be, you'd get a little more of what's happening, but it wouldn't. Like what you're not seeing is what drives you to really be like on the edge of your seat and worried about what you're probably going to see. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. This movie was definitely, uh, I don't even know if it made you, made me anxious is the right way of saying it, but it stressed me the fuck out seeing it in theaters. Yeah. I mean, even with, you know, sitting next to you and a bunch of uh, sold out house with, you know, <laughs> a bunch of people in there. I was like, this is a really fucking, this is a lot to handle right now. I was like, what is going to happen yeah. next? So, Yeah. Yeah, and um, so I wasn't able to find out a whole lot about this movie um, in terms of trivia. I mean, Robbie Banfitch is, is going on a lot of uh, podcasts and stuff and talking about the movie, but he's being purposefully evasive about some of the information that he's given, at least to what I've heard. Um, but so I listened to him on a Dread Central YouTube show uh, earlier today, and he was talking to somebody from there, and they asked him about the inspiration for the film, and he said that he actually came up with the name first outwaters, which isn't a real word. He made it up. And then basically once he thought of that word, he just, the visuals came to him as an, as after that point, which I thought was interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, and then he also mentioned that we talked about the three, three different memory cards that, uh, that, you know, essentially comprised the whole story. Um, there is apparently a fourth memory card that he's calling card zero. Um, that doesn't have anything to do with the events that happen in the movie, but it's essentially like a prequel story uh, for all four of the characters that, you know, are the main characters in the actual movie. And he said that that probably will be on the Blu-ray uh, whenever the Blu-ray does get released. I was going to say, I hope I get a yeah. release. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it certainly sounds like he's been asked that and it's in the works. I know you're a big uh, physical media guy, so that's yeah. good news for you. And it gives uh, some extra incentive to, uh, you know, to, to pick that up if you want to see this, the, a continuation of the story or an, another element to the story, I would say. Definitely. But yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting stuff. And like I said, I'm sure there'll be more stuff to talk about, um, you know, as more people see this movie and more people kind of that are uh, smarter than me <laughs> try to piece together what this movie's about. And I certainly am, am very interested to see the reactions of our other two co-hosts about this. So we'll see what they think. Yeah, that'll <laughs> be fun to have them watch it down the line. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think it it holds you off for so long, and then you you get you get such a monster sucker punch at the end. Because you're like, yep. am I gonna like you're like you almost get to the point that you're like during it. You're I, at least in my mind, I'm like, what is this guy gonna show me? What am I about to see? Like, how far is this gonna go? And then you kind of it kind of mulls around for a little while. It gets a little repetitive, so you're kind of like am I going to see anything like, and then you see it all. You see some pretty horrific shit at the end. So yeah. Yeah. The do. ending I thought was wild. I think yeah, everybody let's talk in the about theater thought it was wild. <laughs> let's, let's talk about the ending. All right. I guess at, at what point do you start considering it the ending and with what happens? <laughs> well, I would say when he, he makes landfall again in the daytime covered in yeah. blood, he keeps like throwing up blood, which really stressed me out because that's just something yeah. I've always thought was really scary and gross. Because that's like your body's something's bad, something bad's happening. So, 
uh, and he sees Michelle in the distance, but then he sees like all of them walking like they were like they when they first got there, like all four of them. And obviously yeah. he can't call to them, but it's like, that's where I'm like, these got to be in like another like dimensional version of himself. And so they, uh, he ends up chasing Michelle down and then you find out that uh, they're all dead. Like, you know, they're dead. Something there you, you get, you see glimpses throughout the movie and piles of remains. Like, it's like not even like body parts. It's just like obliterated mush. <laughs> of body viscera like like you don't even know it's just like piles of substance yeah Yeah. um and then you get the three sticks and you think it's like those like intestinal snake things but Mm -hmm. it goes up and you have the three heads on the poles yeah yeah that was gross shades of uh yeah shades of hereditary (laughs) yeah absolutely i thought the same thing it's like wow that's a uh that's a decapitated head of five (laughs) yeah that was fucked that was that was fucked up um awesome practical effects Everything in this yeah. is practical, by the way. Um, yeah, and then you know you you get uh, like we said earlier some glimpses of uh, otherworldly or other dimensionally or straight from hell creatures, monsters, aliens, whatever you want to call them. You don't see a whole hell of a lot, but what you do see is pretty cool looking and creepy looking and gross. <laughs> yeah, it's some sort of like it looked like it was like a horse. Yeah, that's kind of the vibe that I got too. Something that had yeah shark like teeth. Very sharp yeah, teeth. But it had like a long furry face. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd be interested to see if they had like any behind the scenes photos of what this creature actually looked like. I would love to see that. Um, yeah. But yeah, after he discovers the three friends, that's where we get our uh, our big, huge ending. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You want to do the <laughs> um, So basically, we mentioned one of the teeth from this creature. He uh, essentially uses that to castrate himself. Um, so he cuts off his penis and then drops it on the ground and proceeds to like stumble away, dickless, still through the desert. And then, I mean, I was just so shocked at that point that I feel like I like the rest of it was just like a blur. I was like, what the fuck just happened? Well, because you see him kind of like cut at his feet and his legs, and then he goes up a yeah. little bit. And then all of a sudden you see from between his legs and his dick falls on the ground and you're like, Oh <laughs> dude. Yeah. And so he yeah, kind of like mangles intense. it up a little more after that. And then yeah. he goes up again and just the sound effects of him and he disembowels himself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it just, Oh dude, he's walking around with his intestines hanging out and the crowd is going nuts at this point. Yeah. You that got, was you got groans and people are laughing yeah. and they're just like, Jesus Christ. Like, yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Me included. Wide varying of reactions during that whole thing. Yeah. Lots of laughing, lots of, uh, yeah. sounds of disgust. So yeah. Ugh. what, what a, what a fucking, what a gut, a gut punch, intestine punch, dick punch of an ending. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Literally. And that, uh, yeah, that uh, that really is kind of like one of the last things you see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wild movie, man. I mean, I, I don't really. I mean, I feel we feel like we've hammered that point home at this point. Uh, yeah, I highly recommend though. I mean, if you're a fan of horror and you if you listen to this show, you you like horror. Um, this is definitely going to be one of the most extreme experiences that you're going to see. Go for it. You only live yeah. once. Just go understand, see the like, you're gonna have you're gonna have unanswered questions. Like you gotta, yeah. If you go in thinking that you're going to know everything about all the whole thing by the time it's over, it's you're going to be angry and frustrated. If you can go in with it, just kind of take it for what it is. And then, you know what I mean? Hit us up. We'll love to talk to you. Absolutely. Yeah. If you see, if you, if you see this, 
shoot drop us a line on on socials yeah. or shoot us an email and let us know what you thought about it because yeah I, I feel like the more people that see i want to talk to this talk about this movie with more people <laughs> yeah this and skin and marink for sure I, I feel like i want to hear people's reactions to both those movies because like i said i think they're both going to polarize people um yeah so skin yeah. and marink's ripping on shutter right now so i mean that's an easy sure is too yep and yep. uh yeah more yeah. on skin and marink next week <laughs> yeah i think this is going to be hitting Screenbox probably early March, if not by the end of them. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this was on Screenbox sooner rather than later. Because I mean, I don't think it's getting a wide theatrical release by any means. No, but, like I said, I couldn't some... find it anywhere. Yeah, so. that's 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 a shame if you're uh, listening to us from our hometown area of Plymouth. But uh, yeah, if you can find one up around Boston, or hey, make the road trip up to Salem like we did. If it's play, I'm sure it's going to be playing there again. And uh, yeah. There's a lot of fun stuff you can do up in Plymouth and uh, Salem in Plymouth. Yeah. In Plymouth too. But in Salem, there's a lot of fun stuff you can do before the movie, after the movie, fuck it, rent a hotel room and stay overnight if you want to. Yeah. Make a weekend out of it. Yep. Absolutely. Alrighty, Matt. Um, anything else you want to discuss with the outwaters? I think that's all I got, man. I, uh, yeah, I want to get, I'm excited to give it another watch. Me too. Me too. I can't wait. So, and I'm sure we'll talk again more about this. Like I said, when, uh, when Kat and Andrew both have the opportunity to see it, Definitely. I, uh, I'm very intrigued to see how Kat's going to react to some of the disgusting on display in this movie. <laughs> I think this is, is going to be right up Andrew's fucking alley for sure. He's going to love it. Yeah, I think so. I think so. So, yeah. So I think, uh, you know, the central theme of this podcast, if you will, go see The Outwaters and go support this movie. Go see it in theaters if you can. It's a fucking great time. Uh, I'm going to I'm going yeah. to I'm going to piggyback on that. And say that yes. because people go and see movies like this in theaters, this is a violent fucking movie. This is a crazy. Yeah. Terrifier 2 was a crazy movie. And now <laughs> we're getting these movies that are becoming wider and wider released in theaters because people are paying money to go and see them. There's a market. There, Absolutely. That's what it's all about. That's what the people that are making movies, this is what they want. You know what I mean? They want to make these movies, but if they can make a ton of money off of them too, Perfect. So go see these movies in theaters if you can, because it makes a big difference. It's important for independent horror movies and big horror movies, because then they're going to make them more fucking crazy. So absolutely. Amen, brother. Couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah. I mean, hey, support horror in general. I mean, yeah, go see Megan if you want to see a movie like Megan, all the big Blumhouse, Atomic Monster, James Wan movies. But be sure to go see the indie stuff, too, like this, Mm because Matt's exactly right. This is how those movies continue to get made and distributed and released in theaters. So this is a crucial, crucial time for horror right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, I think that's what we got on the Outwaters. Uh, Yeah. Go see this fucking movie again, just to hammer that point home. And here's where you can find our show. If you're so inclined, you can listen right uh, again, right where you're listening right now, next week and every week. But we're also on Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spreaker, and wherever else you may get your podcasts. My name is Mike. I'm your host. And I've been joined by Matt. Matt, thank you for everything. And say good evening to your audience. Yeah, right? (laughs) Good evening. Good evening. (laughs) See you later, buddy. We'll talk soon. Hey everyone, it's Mike from America's Hometown Horror. And just wanted to say thank you again for listening to another episode of our show. Because of course, we would be nothing without you listeners. If you are interested in more local Plymouth podcasts, I would highly recommend you check out uh, some shows by our cohorts on the Inebriart Podcast Network. That's right, the Inebriart Podcast Network, folks. 
In addition to America's hometown horror, you can find the Inebriart Podcast, Bar Talk, Theme Park Legends, Retro Redoctopus, and Old Colony Cast. Head on over and give them a listen.